Welcome to the Momfully You podcast. I'm your host, Chastity Holcomb, trauma therapist and fellow mama of two. And after years of clinical experience helping hundreds of people heal their childhood wounds, I'm here to help high achieving Christian moms end the cycle of passing hurt to their children and pass emotional health to them instead. I believe the generations shift when moms heal. So on this podcast, we trade perfectionism for peace and go from striving out of fear to abiding in God's provision and we turn your form identity from childhood wounds into your born identity in Christ. Heaven wants you healed, not just for you, but for the generation that comes through you. So come on in, grab a blanket, and let's lean all the way in. Do you want to give your children the childhood you didn't have? When I was healing my father wound, I didn't want my hurt to hinder my relationship with my husband and my children. The number one thing I realized in working with high achieving moms as a trauma therapist is that childhood wounds turn moms into workaholics, worriers, and worth seekers who think that their control is the gateway to change in their family. And I'm on a mission to change that. In fact, I want to make high achieving Christian moms go from perfectionists to peaceful powerhouses. And heal your wounds so that your children don't have to. Grow your emotional maturity so the anxiety from being perfect doesn't lead to controlling your kids and criticizing your husband. And learning how to set burnout-proof boundaries at home, with your extended family, and within your career or business without the guilt. And listen, I know what it feels like to be sick and tired of repeating the same cycles of shame and anxiety and burnout and desperately praying to God for peace, but not truly understanding why you had to go back to your childhood to heal in order to get there. And I also know how confronting the hurt from my dad was not dishonoring him, but it was a means of healing my relationship with God. Not only that, but learning how to disarm my triggers before feeling the mom rage towards my kids or criticizing my husband was a means for me to eliminate shame from having a bad daughter creep into. Through healing, I know that I'm a better wife and mother when I'm a healed wife and mother. So I full body understand the struggle of not healing and being stuck in those perfectionism cycles. And I also full body advocate for the sanity of healing to get out of those cycles. Whether you are stuck in the cycle of perfectionism or wanting change, but not really knowing how to make it stick, I want to teach you how to end perfectionism by healing your childhood wounds. In my new free life class, The Roadmap to Healing the Root of Your Perfectionism and Ending the Cycle of Passing Down Childhood Wounds, I am going to walk you through how to discover the childhood wound that fuels your perfectionism, why the enemy uses perfectionism to keep you stuck, how to identify your perfectionism blind spots and passing down childhood wounds to your children, and how to learn the skills to break out of the vicious perfectionism cycle. You're going to want to register and join me live, okay? Not only can you ask me your questions directly and get feedback, but if you apply and schedule your call for my new program, Mom Unwounded, within the first 48 hours after the live class and you decide to join, you'll get to join me for a live burnout boot camp workshop. Many high-achieving moms struggle with burnout because you try to heal through doing. So during this workshop, I'm going to teach you how to maintain your ambition without sacrificing your sanity in the process. Click the link in the show notes or go to momfullyyou.com backslash roadmap to join us in the live class happening September 20th. I cannot wait to see you there. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you are doing well wherever you are. Listen, come on in. We are in this kind of almost transition into fall and I love it. Now, don't get me wrong, I love me a good summer season, okay? I love being hot, 
I want to be hot. That's what I love the most about being a Dallas because it was hot. I didn't have to second guess about, you know, was I really going to experience some real heat in my life? I got that. You know what I mean? I used to stay with a um, little space heater in whatever job I was in when I wasn't working for myself before. And um, I would have to hide it sometimes because the people didn't like you to have space heaters. But listen, I get cold. Okay, do you get cold too? You keep your little space heater, a little comforter by you at all times. You're my people. But I love the transition from summer into fall because um, like there's just like this shift in the air, literally, right? It starts to cool down a little bit. The fashion starts to change and you get one step closer to Christmas, which y'all know I love. But it's also a reminder for us what happens in the physical, what can also happen in the spiritual, right? Where we start to slow down a little bit. We start to settle down a little bit. So as the weather starts to change or it's coming up soon for you, wherever you are, take that as a reminder, like what things um, need to end in this summer season. Maybe that kept me alive when I was in my summer, but can no longer go with me in my fall, right? That's just like a little nugget that was on my heart. And I wanted to start this podcast off with that. So let's get into why you came here. And that is this good old perfectionism trap that we're going to be talking about today. This is a concept that I created um, about the trap of perfectionism and how it plays out, how I've seen it play out with my clients, but also how I have seen it um, play out with myself. Um, I've talked about this many times that I've always been a goal girl, right? Um, My auntie at a very, very young age used to she was the first one that put me on game about the word go-getter. You're just the go-getter. I'm like, what is a go-getter? And then I grew into that. I was like, oh, yeah, she was right all along, even when I was like 10 or however long ago when she said that, right? Like I've always been on the go. A lot of my clients also identify with this, being in all the things in high school, being in all the things in college, the honors, the the cheerleading, the clubs, the ace of this, the all the things, right? Being highly involved, being on the go with um, what we have going on in our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in my mid-20s, I started to notice this pattern, this cycle that continued to, I felt very drawn to. I didn't know that I was, of course, in the cycle or that it was a pattern that wasn't healthy for me, but I would always kind of be in, be, uh, maybe not enticed, maybe that's a little intense, but I would find myself in the cycle. Okay. So it kind of went like this. There was a new thing that came across my eyes, across my vision, and it sparked this desire for me to go after it, whether it was a new job, whether it was getting more involved in something at church, whether it was just this new financial goal, like something sparked my eye and I knew that I had to go after it full throttle. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't just put, you know, a 2% uh, action plan together. I can't just put half of myself in it. Coach, we're going all in, full throttle. I know you get what I'm saying, okay? So I would go all in. Not only would I go all in, but I would almost like keep this goal, this thing that I was achieving towards, I would keep it to myself, right? Um, And because I kept it to myself, I didn't ask for help. I'm the only one that's doing this, okay? I'm not going to ask for no resources because you know what? I got it. And we're going to talk about how, you know, that came from my father wound in a different episode. But it's like, I got this. 
yeah, I don't, I don't need your help. I got it. So not only was I going after this goal and trying to do it in excellence, but I was trying to go after it myself without asking for input, without asking for help or guidance or anything like that. Right. And so the fear of not being able to reach that goal, this new thing that I wanted to do, it had locked my eyes onto and had to get to it. If there was any type of fear that I wouldn't be able to reach it, then that would give me a lot of anxiety. It would give me this, oh, no, 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 no. No, because I've set this standard, right? I've set this goal. I've set this um, this expectation for myself, and it's going to happen. <laughs> Instead of adjusting the goal, instead of adjusting what I was going after, I would just create anxiety around it. And that fear and the anxiety fueled me to keep going. Have you done that before? It's just me and you here. You can tell me. You can say yes. You could say yes. Well, what happened, right? So then that anxiety of trying to do all of this, read this, reach this superficial goal all by myself, well, then this deadline that nobody created but myself, why am I out here saying that everything is due on Friday? <laughs> Let it go. But I did it. Right. So I, I set this goal. I'm doing it myself. Now anxiety is attached to this thing happening in the right way at the right time right now or never is it. That's all I got. Right. So then when things have to change because my expectations are unrealistic, when when life comes in, it's like, girl, you can't you're not going to be able to do that. Right. Or you're not going to be, be able to do that without help. Like something's going to have to fall, right? Then comes shame, right? So we go from having this big audacious, um, unrealistic goal about something. It was always something. Didn't matter really what it was. It was about something. I could make it into painting a wall and, and creating art for my, my apartment at the time. It could have been anything. It could have been anything, right? Then anxiety enters the picture when I'm not able to actually get that thing done on this pseudo deadline that I've created for myself. And now because I can't do it in the way that I wanted to, this right or wrong, now I feel shame. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Why can't I get this done? Why does it seem so easy for other people to be able to do this, right? Or why does it seem so hard for me to be able to, I can never, I'm always, all of these kind of shaming, blaming rhetoric that happens right? Have you experienced that before? <laughs> Where you start to have this inner dialogue and conversation about yourself, almost like you sit yourself down in this chair and you have this pointer finger and you're just going in. I mean, the finger is just all up in your face. You know, the things that you're saying are unkind. They're very unkind, right? So then the shame doesn't help me back down. What it does is it's like, well, you know what? I'm still going to prove you wrong. It don't stop there. Why? It can't stop there, okay? So you go from the goal to anxiety around the goal to shame around the goal. And then that shame fuels you to keep going harder, faster. Don't pump the brakes. You got this. But where does that lead you? Right into burnout. Right into burnout. This vicious cycle um, that ultimately, ultimately leads into burnout. This is, you know, one of the reasons why I believe that burnout isn't just about doing the same thing in a different way, 
right? Because we'll be trying to, we'll be caught up in this cycle of, I have this big unrealistic thing that I want to do. Um, it still gets anxiety and it still leads me to shame, which then leads me to burnout. You're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. It's the same cycle, no matter how you try to reconfigure it and call it something else. It's the same thing. Right. But when we try to do the same thing in a different way, you're only addressing the symptom. You're only addressing what's at the top, what you can actually see. Right. But there are bigger fish to fry. I promise you under the surface, there's this boiling right of anxiety this boiling of shame and this boiling that leads then to burnout, right? But looking at that root, being comfortable at looking at that root, why is this happening, right? I had to ask myself, where are these, where are there uh, voids in my life that I'm trying to feel by doing? Where are there voids in my life where I'm trying to goal myself out of instead of confronting the void, confronting the pain, confronting the root of the cycle. Instead, I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to do more alone. I'm trying to do more without guidance, right? I'm not trusting God to help me. I'm not going to God about what the true pain is in the first place. Where's the void? And so I extend this concept to you, right? That it's not just, um, it's not just burnout. Or even that it's not that um, perfectionism is often something that we wear as an undercover badge, right? We'll tell someone that we're a perfectionist before we tell them or admit to them that we're anxious. Perfectionism is nothing but anxiety in a ballroom gown. <laughs> perfectionism is anxiety undercover, but we'll say to people, oh, you know, I'm just a perfectionist. Before we'll admit that around this thing that we're trying to perfect is anxiety, is shame, and is burnout. And when we get to a place of understanding that perfectionism has served us in some way, right? Or these cycles have served us in some way. For me, it was filling the void of my wound, my father wound, not having him around in my life, not having that stability. I think a, a, a huge thing when it comes to, um, to moms who, you know, have experienced a neglectful dad, whether emotionally or physically or both, right? Or a critical mom or just a wound from, from either parent or both parent, um, is that the stability of having someone that's rock solid in your life that you can go to with your emotions without judgment, you can go to them with your concerns without um, them minimizing it, right? Or you can go to them, period. <laughs> and maybe they didn't get everything right because no one will. Um, they figured out a way. They figured out a way. Hey, baby, I'm sorry. I said some things earlier and you know, my anger got the best of me. I, I want to learn how to communicate in a better way. What would have been helpful for me to do next time, right? Because you don't have that stability uh, and that reassurance that it's not you that's causing this parent, mom or dad to go off, 
to leave physically, to leave emotionally, to criticize, to manipulate, because you don't have that reassurance that it's not you. It's like, it's me. So I have to show up in a way that is perfect. I have to show up in a way that presents myself as um, unleavable. (laughs) Unleavable. I'm going to put this kind of bulletproof vest on, this mask on, that says you can stick around with me because I'm, I'm going to people please and make you feel as comfortable and as, as, as cushy as I possibly can so you'll stay around, right? Or you know what? You actually don't have to stick around because I can do things on my own. I don't need anyone. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that, you know, you try to control the things within your life, every little aspect, this sense of control and you're acting as this protector, you're, tr- you're trying to look around corners, waiting for something bad to happen, trying to predict if something bad will happen. Perfectionism and all of those different facets, right? They enter the picture. They stem really from, from childhood wounds, right? And so if you get into this place or you find yourself in this perfectionism trap, this, um, something happens, whatever the trigger point is, the smallest of things, you zoom in on it and you're like, how can I make this perfect though? You know what I mean? Like, how can I make it excellent? (laughs) And you attach anxiety around it because it's unrealistic. And maybe you know that, but you don't know how to not make it unrealistic, right? There's anxiety attached to it. That anxiety turns to shame. The shame doesn't stop there. It turns into burnout because you push yourself harder, more. It has to be done. It has to be done by me alone, right? This, uh, this trap is one of the things that we're going to be talking about in my free life classes coming up. And really getting to the root of it, right? The, the class, the roadmap to healing the root of your perfectionism, getting to the root of what is causing these cycles in the first place. And I believe that perfectionism is a huge blind spot um, for moms who don't actually, who aren't aware of what's happening. It's a huge blind spot um, that actually gets them in a position to passing down childhood wounds. If perfectionism is not rectified, if it is not plucked up from the root, it can be the gateway. No, that, that probably sounds a little um, harsh, but I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it from the top working with, you know, moms who have been in the game for a long time. I've seen it from children who experience these perfectionism types of um, behaviors from their parents. And typically, okay, this is what it looks like. All right. So the mom, and I think I explained this in... Um, Another episode, I can't remember the name of it. I never do. <laughs> um, but the mom has, because of her own stuff, her own wounds, right? She has come up with this. She has received the belief that she's not good enough. She has believed the belief that she's not good enough. And she has integrated this perfectionism cover into her life so that other people don't see it. My children have to be perfect. They have to behave perfectly. They have to be an example of me, right? Even for parents that are not um, 
it, in their children's lives, right? I need to get myself together before I'm around my kids. And, you know, I, if I can't, I don't want to mess them up because I'm, that's sometimes what you'll hear people say who decide not to be active in their kids' lives, right? Or you hear parents or particularly a dads who decide to stay within the family, but emotionally they're checked out, right? Well, that's just not me. That's not, I'm not a touchy feely type of, you know, you got what you got, but, but really they don't know how to be that way without fear of losing control, right? I'm supposed to show up as this macho man and be the protector of my family. And this is the right way that this is supposed to look like, right? Their blinders are on and they can't see that a healthy protector of the family is also emotionally healthy. Right. So then their children get the residue from this thought and or belief that they're not good enough. So then their children get the residue from that. And so then their children grow up. Well, why can't my mom do this or my dad do this for me? Why is it that they say these things in this way? Why can't they just be loving or accepting or see that I make mistakes and it's not the end of the world? Why do they have to punish me this way? Why can't I be my own individual? Like all of these thoughts, right? So then what happens is they don't, um, it doesn't stick with the question around their parents. It internalizes um, into them. It's me. I'm the problem. So what do I have to do to not be the problem? I got to be perfect. I got to bulletproof myself um, against being left again. I have to bulletproof myself against um, people judging me or being upset with me. I have to bulletproof myself against bad things happening. Anxiety, shame, burnout. All right. So again, on the live class, we're going to be talking and diving deep into this. Come and join me. I would love to have you. And you get to get a chance to ask me your questions live. And then, of course, at the end, you get a bonus for joining me live. And that bonus is your ability to um, attend the burnout boot camp that's happening uh, once you get inside the program. So this is only for folks who um, apply and book their call um, within the first 48 hours after the live class. Um, this class is going to be so juicy. Um, you're going to have the foundation that you need to get out of the burnout cycle. Now, sometimes we do have stressors in our life, right? Um, they're a part of they're a part of this world. They're a part of the fallen world. We'll have a stress that happens to us. But staying in that cycle is the difference between being burnt out all the time, not present with your kids, not being able to connect to yourself or with your husband, right? Or even not being able to connect with God. I don't know about you, but when I am stressed to the max and when I'm burnt out, it's almost like the last thing I do is pray or the last thing I do is open up my Bible. The last thing I do are devotionals when really it should be the other way around. But when your mind is so cluttered by um, heightened stress, when your mind is so cluttered about the physical fatigue from the mental fatigue, it's very difficult to do anything else that feels extra, right? So we're going to get to the root of that in this burnout boot camp when you apply and have a call with me. Um, apply to have your call with me within the first 48 hours after the live class. Listen, I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It was fun as always. Um, and until we get to the next one, I hope you have a good one and I will see you later.